There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hello, guys and girls. The program you are about to hear will be both fun and educational, but it is not a substitute for medical advice. Although we are doctors, we are not your doctors. Hello, and welcome to Travel Medicine. As always, I'm your friendly neighborhood internal medicine doc, Dr. J. Hey, guys. This is Dr. Santosh, your neighborhood-friendly pediatric infectious disease doctor, coming to you post-upper respiratory viral infection from beautiful, rainy Los Angeles, California. And I've got my sexy radio voice because I'm current upper respiratory (laughs) infection. Oh, (laughs) Josh, I, it's just, it's miserable out here, man. Rather just... than cramming this episode full of misery and snark, we are going to subject you all <laughs> to everybody's favorite journal club. Yay! Yes! Although the reason for the delay was one of your cooler ideas. I mean, I... Hold on, listen, it's getting a little chilly. I'm just going to put another just, sweater on my neck. We're, we're going to throw in I'm a story a little Josh. bit later about how sign keeps us all from becoming <laughs> sociopathic murderers. But this week's journal club <laughs> is themed around creative solutions. Yeah. Some of them are good. Some of them are very bad. But all of them... You have to step back and just admire the fact that somebody thought of that. Yeah, absolutely. I I, I had a lot of admiration for one in particular. I think it's going to be the the second uh, story that we do. Um, just to just uh, an attempt of like <laughs> there there's no logic or anything behind it. But like say everybody's like. favorite wild um, horse, the zebra, are neither black nor white but somewhere in between. So I have yeah, been throwing yeah, yeah. a lot talk, of animal-based research at you the last few journal clubs. 
en- enough for you to remind me that we host a human show. <laughs> I love it when our commenters have to tell the organized member of our duo. <laughs> so while you're all harshing coming. on my love uh, of the that's, zoo. There, that's a sign of Which, something. by the way, I, I don't know. What are you aware that there's a huge group of cocaine hippos just roaming around Colombia? <laughs> Yeah, those El, El Chapos, right? No, no, no. The former Escobar hippos started. Escobar, Escobar he just wanted so totally unrelated to this story. You, like- notorious cocaine kingpin imported four hippos <laughs> from Africa <laughs> to Colombia. At some point, we're an entertaining, yeah. hilarious series of cocaine fuel hijinks. The four hippos escaped into the Colombian jungles, and there are now. 52 hippos that routinely wander in and around various cities of Colombia that people are rightfully terrified of. That's it. Full stop. Moving on to our first story. So, so zebras, no one quite understands why they have their stripes. Some think it might be due to blending in, making predators harder to gauge the numbers. Some think it might be some weird kind of suntan thing. Uh, some think it might be fashion. But what we have learned is that it is confusing enough that it will even decrease the number of bites from insects. Yeah, and uh, the, I'm going to bring this really quickly back to humans just so we don't get more angry comments. There are uh, tribes, you know, across the African savanna that also use, you know, whole body painting. Um, for various rituals, and one of the most common patterns is like a zebra stripe pattern. A bunch of researchers figured that let's study whether this natural adaptation that animals have evolved may also be noted in some of the body painting traditions of indigenous peoples all over the world. Yeah, so we have uh, Africa, Australia, Papua New Guinea, parts of North America as well. And they'll go white, bright orange, yellow, gray, beige. And then they'll stripe that with, you know, like a a darker charcoal color or something like that. And so you see these stripes, you know, on the African continent, uh, sub-Saharan Africa, it's zebras. Um, The other animal that I love saying just because the name is so cool, Okapi. And so, yeah, it, it mimics uh, the striping pattern a lot of the time. Uh, uh, otherwise... Now, having attended a Sing Sing in Papua New Guinea, where I got to see a number of different tribes dressed up in their native cultural paints, I can tell you beyond the shadow of a doubt that they are not doing this to avoid bug bites. And it is effective as a side benefit. So research with zebras has shown that horseflies, which are dangerous blood-sucking insects, tend to avoid stripe-patterned animals. Do tribal patterns of tattooing and body painting work similar? So they set out three mannequins, one which had dark skin, one which had light skin, and the third was painted in a dark color with white stripes. All of these were put into a meadow in the middle of Hungary, well known for its indigenous tribal populations, in the middle of summer, (laughs) chosen because numerous species buzz around and they wanted to detect how many insects each mannequin collected. So they smeared them with body paint and then, I don't know, bug paper? 
So they all got stuck on there? <laughs> yeah, they, they used like flytrap paper because um, they needed to count the number of flies that landed. A thin, transparent, colorless adhesive, which is mouse trapping glue. Um, the reason for this is all of the mannequins were covered in the same glue, but they didn't want the pattern to be obscured by what they were using for the trap, number one. Um, but the other thing is they didn't want to add another variable, which is like the scent or whatever of the actual glue. So they wanted to just use like a plastic model. Plastic models don't do things like give off odor cues, uh, which we humans do a lot, you know, to, to attract our parasitic bugs to come and bite us. Uh, they don't move you know, so you take that variable out of there. They used a brown model, a very dark, beautiful ebony uh, model. They posed them oh, rather yeah. beautifully. Oh, because all well. scientific like, research is done for the gram. And, <laughs> and then they use a uh, white striped brown. And I think the coolest thing about this, Josh, is aside from just straight up, you know, counting and speciating which flies, horse flies, landed on the mannequin, they actually took a look at the painted mannequins with polarizing lens to see degrees of polarization because flies don't see the world the same way that we do. What we learned is that dark-skinned, unstriped mannequin (laughs) had 10 times more flies stuck to it than the striped one. And twice as many as the light-skinned dummy, which is Santo's pet name for me. These fly bites are not only irritating, they're dangerous because insects carry a ton of diseases. So if by simply (laughs) applying body paint in various patterns may prevent insects from looking at you as a food source because they don't register you as a living creature, more just a part of the environment, then hey, great, we've already decreased insects insect transmission vectors yeah i i mean it's it's a beautiful solution it's a simple solution um the other thing about it is that you know the these amazing old civilizations have been doing it for millennia so you're not introducing anything new you have cultural body painting as part of your society you're probably going to continue doing it regardless of whether or not it helps with bugs and if you don't it's not likely to provide enough of a change for you to take it up as a hobby. Yeah, (laughs) it's true. But here's the coolest part about this, Josh. The animals, in this case, the flies, aim for areas of, you know, like differently polarized light, right? I I don't understand exactly how. I'm, I'm not the greatest with optics. Could potentially, you know, build your bug spray or something in such a way that you don't necessarily have to be black and white striped to the human eye, but you can have that striping pattern to the fly's eye as you spray on your bug spray. And that would be like an extra layer of, you know, fly deterrent that you could throw on top of, you know, if you're using DET or or another chemical repellent to get these little buggers off of you and thus stay disease-free for longer. Um... That, that's the neatest thing about this. So that fly eye, the lens of the fly, really does matter in this case. And finding old traditions and old things which have beautiful modern relevance and finding out the why. Oh, that's going on. I, I love studies like this. We need a lot of verification. It was a small one. You use plastic dummies. Um, you know, you need 
cooler controls and stuff and, and digging down as to why exactly the flies don't like the stripy pattern is another interesting question. But this study was absolutely Moving on to our next study. This one is Dr. Santosh's favorite. And <laughs> I think really the, the best example of creative solutions. <laughs> we all hate mosquitoes. They rank right up there with anti-vaxxers in terms of usefulness to society. <laughs> and to like the, the environment and animal kingdom as a whole, actually. Yeah. So the question that science is constantly tackling is how do we make mosquitoes less of a threat to us or a general irritation? And this has involved such things as setting up mosquito factories in South America where they are genetically altered to be incapable of breeding, changing their pheromones so they get lost and won't ask for directions, and a number <laughs> of other, all meant to decrease the amount of mosquito diseases. But maybe all we needed to do all along was just body shame them. Yeah. <laughs> the genesis of this paper is really grounded in like molecular biology uh, and biochemistry, and I love that. But the fact that is that when this made it out to the lay press, um, in this case, we, we found it on um, NPR's website, um, it turned into something like, yeah, <laughs> like get, let's give mosquitoes diet pills. <laughs> um, I, I love how, you know, you go from a very, very detailed cell press paper you know, just just an amazing paper, all the way to you can feed them d d diet pills, which is not actually the the truth of it all. Now, this involves a little bit of backstory, yeah. And something that that I like reminding people is that the only mosquitoes that are biting humans are female mosquitoes. Yep. And Girl, the only girls the yeah yeah the egg layers. And the only female mosquitoes who are biting humans are pregnant female mosquitoes. And each little meal they take from you is enough to support a clutch of around 100 mosquito eggs. Yeah. Every time you smack a mosquito, you are performing insect plans parenthood on a tiny little 100 egg orphanage. <laughs> Yeah, you're not just taking out the, the mom. You're taking out a, a pretty good clutch of eggs there. On average, like 100. A researcher, Leslie Vossall, set out to identify and manipulate hormone pathways responsible for driving this feeding and mating behavior of the female mosquito. And just for kicks, she thought, what the hell? Let's give them some diet drugs because... <laughs> What That's... else would a pregnant anything be thinking of? <laughs> no, no, that's not true. <laughs> it's not that, oh, that that was a terrible just like compression of just amazing methods and, and everything else that, that Dr. Vosshall and her team did. Oh my gosh. It, 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 there's an interesting behavioral pattern here, right? So uh, a mosquito, a baby mosquito, like if it's born a female, it hatches out and then they're born in stagnant pools and, you know, they, they go through a bit of their life cycle. And then when they start having fertilized eggs, you know, they made it with a male, 
now they're the ones who have to go out and find the blood meat. The, the female is responsible for providing nourishment for her eggs, growing them up, finding a place to lay them, and then, you know, finally, like, that's, that's her whole mission. She's got a lot to do. So it's really, really interesting. The behavioral pattern that they have is they go out and they use, uh, you know, uh, odor cues as well as a few other cues that we don't know about to find a host, suck the blood. And then, interestingly, they have a, a kind of a satiation type of behavior. So once they've sucked blood, it's not that just like their little mosquito bellies are full and they, they can't hold anymore. They subsequently have like an aversion or a suppression to going and sucking more blood until, you know, that reservoir of nutrition has been used up. And one of the signals that it uses in the brain is uh, a signal called neuropeptide Y. Neuropeptide Y, like receptor 7, is one of the targets for neuropeptide Y that helps link this chain of behavior, behavior such that the mosquito will go and suck, uh, will be full, and then settle down and like lay her eggs, you know, um, um, until she has to repeat this behavior, if she repeats this behavior. Um, so what this group of people did was really, really amazing. They actually went through uh, a series of drugs or small molecules that would attach onto neuropeptide Y-like receptor 7, okay? Uh, and then they did a high-throughput cell-based assay, which was awesome. Listen to this, Josh. They screened 265,211 compounds, right? And then they found that six of these inhibit mosquito attraction to humans, and they went one step further. This is the coolest part. They used CRISPR, the, you know, the, the latest, coolest tool in genetics to delete this receptor, you know, the, the neuropeptide Y-like receptor 7. And then they tried to give the mosquitoes the drugs again, and they found out they couldn't suppress the behavior. So they proved that A, out of 200,000 drugs, these six drugs latch on to this receptor in order to suppress their, like, feeding aversion behavior, Okay. And then they found out when you get rid of the receptor, the drugs no longer work and the, res the, the mosquitoes are like resistant to the drugs. Okay, so one of these six compounds ended up being like diet pills. <laughs> so the question now becomes, should we all be taking diet pills to avoid mosquitoes? <laughs> okay, that's not even kind of the question. <laughs> <laughs> listen, listen, I don't know if you have watched local media lately, but I guarantee you that is the immediate question that is going to be brought up as a result of this research if we don't put it in context. <laughs> so, Dr. Santosh, should I be taking diet pills to avoid mosquito bites? No, okay, no, you please <laughs> don't just go out and take diet pills and be like, I'm not trying to lose weight. I, I don't know what accent that is. <laughs> like, I'm not trying to lose weight. I'm just trying to keep the circulating dengue virus down. 
No. <laughs> okay. So no. we don't really have a way to expand this out quite yet. No, no, no. It's it, it is just a really cool. F- we know that blood meal blood meals satiate these uh, these mosquitoes using this pathway like neuropeptide wise, so that they fill up with blood, they can barely fly, and then they stop looking for blood meals. You have these cages, the little you know plexiglass things. You can stick your arms in them and say, okay, how many mosquitoes land? And you can you have a, a lab assistant actually counting the number of landings that you have um, and then you, you record it with a camera and so you do that experiment again with the mosquitoes on diet pills and the mosquitoes are like yeah i'm good might be something that could be incorporated into something like repellent uh it could be used as an insecticide um, because essentially you starve the mosquitoes without actually hurting them which is all well and good i personally enjoy the thought of mosquitoes suffering but I'll settle for them being supermodel thin. Yeah, yeah. I right now this was just an awesome basic sciences paper. I think it made its rounds on, you know, uh human biomedical type of lay thing, and so we want I wanted to talk about it, dispel some of the mythology in there and be like, Josh, don't I wasn't take planning to, but again, if we don't say it, that's really my role here. Endlessly curious, I, if misinformed, <laughs> layperson. The researcher is actively mocking fat mosquitoes. But female mosquitoes have a knack for eating, doubling their body weight with each meal. They can barely fly, laughs Leslie Vosshall, a neurobiologist at Rockefeller. Which brings us to our next story of a creative solution. Oh, yeah. You'll notice I said creative and not correct. No, no. So this, this let's, one, let me present this you. This one is uh, straight up fail. And Santos, you don't have to tell you're a young Irish but... male living it up. <laughs> I, uh, Just no. doing all the things you love doing in Ireland. <laughs> wandering the hills, oh, attending God. oyster <laughs> shucking competitions, composing limericks, being oh, generally God. friendly to everyone you meet. <laughs> And somewhere along the way, you develop some back pain. Oh my god, you were like, uncharacteristically, like, non-stereotypical now, and non Now, presumably you've managed to avoid back pain from all the lucky charms you're carrying about your person, which you've grabbed from your pot of gold. So, so what do you do when you've got back pain in Ireland? Well... You look around for a handy needle, and then you inject semen into your arm. Oh, God. So let's talk about this in a case study titled Seemingly, spelled exactly how you think, Seemingly Harmless Back Pain, an unusual presentation of an abscess. Please don't inject semen into yourself. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start here with the conclusion, Josh. Not with the aims or the methods or, or anything else. I, I want to start just with the conclusion. While suicide attempt by intravenous injection of harmful substances is well described, this unique case demonstrates risk involved with innovative, innovative treatments prior to clinical research in the form of phased trials include safety and efficacy assessment i want to know the thought process in this young irish gentleman's head (laughs) where he where he said at some point to himself you know what'll make my back pain feel better semen lots of it 
injected yeah. straight into my veins. <laughs> yeah, so it would have been amazing. It's like, oh, his back pain was from his... On top of that, he had chronic back pain, so it was like acute on chronic. He'd come in because of the back pain, and the physician did a very thorough physical exam. He examined him head to toe, and he had a... a, a the, the right arm had a bump on it. Tuminescence, one might big, almost say. Like red, angry. He said, oh... Yeah, that one. I uh, I put some semen um, in there, and uh, he said, "How'd you think of that?" And he goes, "Oh, well, I I did it before." <laughs> and the guy got what? And well, I I did it before with semen that I purchased online. That he purchased online. Didn't even trust his own supply. He, he so this guy already... Online. I don't even know yeah. where to start with this story. Usually, I am not the one at a loss for words. And there's so no. many great jokes just waiting <laughs> to erupt no. forth. Yeah, he had uh, redness. He had swelling. He had some air, which we call subcutaneous emphysema, in the arm, which are all indicative of infection. Probably not from the semen, just from like, you know, bad injecting and getting bacteria from your skin uh, to get under your arm because you didn't clean the site properly and you might have used a dirty needle. And uh, surprisingly, uh, <laughs> he opted to discharge himself <laughs> without a, without availing of an incision so, and drainage so again, of the local let's, fashion. Let's just briefly sum up this story. story. A young Irish man with back pain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Went to the hospital for his back yeah. pain, where it was revealed that he right. had been injecting store bought sure. semen into himself for back pain yeah. for years. Yeah. To the surprise of the entire medical establishment who could not find yeah, any society, historical period, or evidence at all anywhere in the world that anyone had ever thought of this as a solution for anything. And then they told him, well, we should probably well, do something well, about that because you have an infection <laughs> underneath yeah. your arm from all that semen you've been injecting. And this guy said, right. nah, I'm good. And left the hospital, vanishing <laughs> into the mists of Ireland. Yeah, just wandering To be off. heard from at some unspecified point in the future. <laughs> I, I think this is why Ireland has so many ghosts. <laughs> it's just, I mean, if, if this is like how people die... I, I well, I, I want to go through the discussion a little bit here, because these doctors, these, this was at Adelaide... Uh, and Meath Hospital in Dublin, and these these fantastic researchers. We should uh, doctors uh, Dunny Murphy and Rutledge, um, and this is what they did after that because their obvious conclusion was WTF, and so they 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 ran a comprehensive review of a bunch of databases, and they looked for intravenous semen injection for back pain. They said, okay, well, we found subcutaneous semen injection into rats and rabbits, thing in humans. Uh, they looked around other sites, which are non-medical. Never a good thing to do, but here they knew they weren't looking for like real literature. They were like, 
Even the healing crystal people were like, mm, injecting semen into yourself. I don't know. Sounds suspicious. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This was this guy's thought. Like, this was him just like in the back of a shed. They did find some other scary stuff, which I'm not going to outline in here, which were tried, you know, substances which shouldn't be injected. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, it turns out that there is a lot of craziness about out there about like people trying to inject stuff into them. And for the love of God, people, um, come see us as your doctors, not me and Josh particularly, but the, you know, your doctor and talk to us if you have these thoughts. This is creepy, the number of web... Moving on to our next story. Let's find something. Really low, low bar in it today. <laughs> yeah, I'm sick. Leave me alone. Yeah. <laughs> Moving on. To what is the least surprising story (laughs) to our listeners. We have found another great antibiotic in dirt. And in fairness, let's give Ireland something to be proud of in this episode. Yeah, this was was really, really fantastic. Frontiers in Microbiology, uh, a novel alkylophilic streptomyces inhibits escape pathogens. Yeah, escape being E-S-K-A-P-E, which is not the way the Irish spell it. That is an acronym for the bacteria that are included. So traditions in old Irish healing would call for things like small amounts of soil to be wrapped up in cotton cloth and applied to ailments varying from toothaches to throat or neck infections. And in this particular area of Northern Ireland, a strain of... Dirt has evolved, Streptomyces species myrophoria, that is effective yeah, against six it, it, of the most know, common multi-drug resistant organisms and attacks both gram-positive and gram-negative bacteria. Over the couple of years, this might be the next like explosion of discovery, with the caveat, Josh, that so far all of the experiments have been done in Petri dishes. So they're beautiful inhibitory molecules in the environment, so when you place these bacteria on an agar plate, um, but we don't know necessarily the activities of these compounds uh, in like an animal or a human yet. To discover how many similar origin stories have begun this way, you can listen to the beginning of this season series, The History of Antibiotics, (laughs) where we talk about Benjamin Duger, plant physiologist, and the multiple dirt farmers who helped to discover compounds just like this in their raw form that could then be polished and refined over the years to provide the numerous methods of fighting infection that we have today. So that's all the creative solutions I have to offer you today while I recover from my illness. They were a champ. Like I, you know, I'm getting over my cold a little bit, but you were kind of in the throes of like this viral disease and you you fought through man that's how much i care about our listening audience (laughs) i do want to even when i am feeling miserable and barely functioning at a research level i still tirelessly work to bring you stories (laughs) to tell you what's going on in the world of medicine yeah I, i absolutely love it okay yeah go go find that last article frontiers in microbiology uh tara et al 
And uh, I think the coolest part about this, Josh, um, aside from, you know, finding the bacteria and, uh, you know, like examining it, everything is they got to use a really, really cool microscopy, uh, microscopy technique called atomic force microscopy <laughs> to actually see the streptomyces growing on the glass cover slip. So I thought that was super cool. Yeah. But yeah, go, go out there, you know, find the soil. And then become microbiologists and discover new antimicrobial compounds, and let's let's fight bacterial infection together. Yeah, and we'd love for you to keep coming up with creative solutions to problems. That's how science advances, one mistake at a time. <laughs> that's the that's the truth. So actually. and, and I that's it, it for this week. As always, it. we love to hear your comments, questions, and feedback. If you'd like to support us spiritually, emotionally, or financially, links to do that are in the show notes along with the sources for any of the stories that we discussed this week. Our theme music is composed by Rachel Leisure. This show is produced by me with a lot of help from many, many people. Until next time, as always, happy travels. Bye, guys. up what was that boring no flavor that was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week kiki palmer here and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free hello fresh jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. now that's music to my mouth hello fresh let's get this dinner party started discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com planning for your next trip Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.